This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Maybe it's much too early in the game. Ah, but I thought I'd ask you just the same. What are you doing, New Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. You can also listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or by telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook. And of course, follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. That's the best way to stay informed on all the latest show updates. A little what are you doing New Year's Eve? I, I know it was last night, but still, my straight no chaser says we're gearing up to start off our 2022. We're still looking back at the final economic numbers for 2021. And, you know, I'll likely to see the annual growth rate at about five and a half percent. The unemployment rate fell to nearly four percent. And while that's all very good. There were still problems with inflation. We ended the year with inflation at about 7.5% as measured by the Consumer Price Index. That inflation rate is the worst we've seen since 1981. So what will 2022 bring? Well, we're going to ask the experts. Joining us now to help answer that question is Dr. Michael Bussler. He is a public policy analyst, economics expert, and a professor of finance at Stockton University in New Jersey. He's a featured columnist at Newsmax, The Hill, the Western Journal and townhall.com. Dr. Bustler, thank you for joining us this evening and, and Happy New Year, my friend. Well, thank you. Happy New Year to you, too. And it's always my pleasure to be here. So, uh, uh, Professor, let yeah. me kind of ask you this. You know, economic growth in 2021 was higher than at any time since 1984. But which sounds great I mean, on, on paper, sort of like, you know, unfortunately, my Kansas Jayhawk basketball team, they, they look great on paper and that's something always seems to happen. But most of the growth was fueled by huge increases in government spending and covid related payments to individuals. So those numbers aren't real or, or, or are they? Am I wrong? Well, um, I think you're right. So um, last year, and we don't have all the numbers exactly in yet, but the numbers that you mentioned are likely uh, to be what, what's happened. So we did have very good growth. Uh, the unemployment is at a, a full employment level, uh, which is very good. The bugaboo is inflation. And inflation, we haven't gotten the final number yet, but as you mentioned, it'll probably be about 7.5% for the year. So what does that mean going going forward? Well, I expect to have some pretty good growth uh, for the year, mostly in the first half of this year and maybe slowing down a little bit at the end of the year. We're probably looking at about a four and a half percent growth rate for the year, uh, which, again, is very, very good. Problem is the inflation. So the current administration and the Federal Reserve both believe that the inflation is caused by supply chain disruptions. And as such, as soon as those supply chain disruptions um, are fixed, uh, the inflation will essentially go away. As a result, the administration of Federal Reserve feel there really is nothing that they need to do, just let this play out. Um, I disagree with that strongly. Um, and the reasons are, 
Um, the supply chain may be causing some of the inflation, but I don't believe it's causing much. Why do I say that? The economy uh, in about July of 2021 had got back back had gotten back to the level of uh, output before the pandemic. So we're producing more now than we were prior to the pandemic. The problem is we have so much excess demand, and that's what's really causing the inflation. Why do we have so much excess demand? As you mentioned, uh, the federal government has deficit spent nearly $6 trillion in the last two years. On a $22 trillion economy, that's going to lead to pure inflation. Uh, And not only does the administration want to reduce government spending to eliminate or at least minimize inflation, they want to do just the opposite. They want to spend even more money on President Biden's Build Back Better um, America plan. If that gets passed this year, and I don't think it will, but if it does get passed, that will add even more to the inflation problem. Secondly, the Federal Reserve, and, and in my view, the Federal Reserve has been shockingly irresponsible in their behavior. So why do I say that? Historically, since really uh, 1981, when economists and politicians realized that if we control the rate of growth in the money supply, we can control inflation. So from 1981, when I started this up till uh, last year, they did that. And we had very mild inflation for the last 40 years. This year, however, the inflation started to flare up and they didn't do anything about it. And it wasn't really until November where they started to do uh, something. Why should, in my view, they should have started back in March. Now, why do I say that? Well, the consumer price index for the last you know, two, three, four years goes up about a tenth of a percent a month, maybe two tenths of a percent a month. So if you multiply that by 12, that's about a 2% annual inflation rate. Right. <clears throat> so what happened going into 2021? The CPI went up three tenths of a percent in January, four tenths of a percent in February, six tenths of a percent in March. Once that happened in March, the Federal Reserve should have cut back on their bond buying program. And up until this past November, they were buying $120 billion a month of government bonds. But they didn't um, start to curtail that, as I said, until uh, November. Secondly, the Federal Reserve has kept interest rates near zero, and they continue to do that today. That's causing inflation in some specific markets that are very interest rate sensitive, like um, new homes and cars. Um, And the excess demand that the Federal Reserve's policy has created has led to the inflation in, uh, in those two markets. Professor, let me let me ask you this. Uh, Even something as simple as gas prices aren't expected to go down. According to Gas Buddy, they just released this gas prices aren't expected to drop below three dollars a gallon until 2023. That that doesn't look good for folks on a on a fixed income. Right. I mean, gas that that's that's hurts small business. That hurts folks just trying to get by. Right. Yeah, you'll see gasoline prices up in the four dollar range before this this year is over. And you read that it'll go down in 2023. I don't know what's going to happen to bring it down. Um, They've restricted the supply of gasoline uh, and fossil fuels in the U.S., which at one time, a couple of years ago, 
was the largest producer of uh, fossil fuel. So I'm not sure it's going to come down even by 2023. And you're right. High gas prices hit lower income earners the, the, the hardest. Um, they uh, drive to go to work or drive to what they have to do. They have um, lower incomes. And as a result of that, a price increase on uh, gasoline and other products may be very difficult for them to bear. We're talking with economist Dr. Michael Bussler. Uh, another disturbing trend professor is in the, the labor market. In twenty, yeah. in this obviously facing us in twenty twenty two, the labor market, uh, the labor force participation rate remains relatively low. I mean, it's decent at sixty one point six percent, but that's well below pre COVID levels, which was around sixty three percent. I know there are restaurants here in town. There's always help wanted signs everywhere. Yeah, um, absolutely. So um, a lot of those workers, as you say, aren't going back to, to work. The participation labor uh, force participation rate is down significantly. In fact, we're producing more now than before the pandemic. There's about three and a half million fewer workers that has dropped out of the labor market. Had they come back into the market, economic growth would have been much stronger. And again, we had a great year last year, but it would have been even stronger and growth would be even higher this year if those people would come back into the labor market and start working again. Well, and Professor, here's the other big unknown. What if COVID doesn't go away? The pandemic remains the single largest potential disruptor of domestic and frankly, for that matter, global ec- the economy. You know, we're already yeah. seeing talk about you know vaccine mandates for domestic flights now there's talk about shutting down the cruise line industry again what happens if we go back down to to lockdowns you know if we go to that that rabbit hole again that could be devastating to the economy it would and my whole economic forecast gets thrown off there as a result of that (laughs) the numbers that i gave you would not be right uh so um it's how we react to this uh covid virus that will depend um, on economic growth going forward. If the virus gets more severe and the number of cases is way up, the number of deaths is not up. It's still just over a thousand per day, not to make light of that, but certainly a lot of people. But um, the number of cases have gone up and it looks like at least this last Omicron variant uh, is not as severe as some of the other ones. People are not going to the hospital as much and um, they're not, they don't result in a fatal uh, outcome. But if the virus flares up again and we have to shut down, that's going to throw the whole economic forecast off. And, um, you know, we may get plunged back into a recession. We had a very mild recession, not mild, but a deep but short-lived recession in 2021. And uh, it was due to the virus. So if the virus flares up, um, uh, everything's going to change. Well, I, you know, I'll take that 4%. Let's hope it turns out that you're right. Uh, I've seen some predictions as low as 2%, some as high as 5 to 7. I doubt it. Yeah. I get it's that high, but uh Dr. Uh, Dr. Bustler, thank you again for joining us this evening. If folks want to connect with you, they can find you on Twitter at mbustler uh on Twitter, correct? Correct. That's at m b u s l e r. And if you have a Facebook page, search for Funding Democracy, Funding Democracy. All of my columns are posted there, and I'd be very happy if anybody followed me. Well, I follow you on Twitter. I appreciate you. Thank you again for joining us this evening, Professor. Carry on the fight, my friend. I'll do the best I can. Thank you for having me. We'll be taking your calls at 745. In the meantime, coming up after the break, we'll preview the 2022 legislative session with House Majority Leader Dan Hawkins. 
You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk.